It is Monday, the 12th of April, 2021. WrestleMania 37 is over, and my 101 Things in a Thousand and One Days bucket list project has begun. And you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club Radio Show. Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James. And uh, yeah, WrestleMania is in the books. I ended up watching a little of it, after all. Uh, mostly because mostly because I was watching and chatting with John Greed. If we weren't chatting via uh, Discord as we, you know, group watch the show, I would never have watched any of it. I uh, I ducked out early on night one and I came in just before the main event on night two. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, like I say, only, only because of the camaraderie, camaraderie, oof, easy for me to say of, you know, watching and chatting with friends. Um, not that there wasn't amazing stuff on either show. Um, I still want to watch. I do want to watch the, uh, Bianca Belair, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, Sasha Banks match from night one, and uh, apparently the um, Apollo Cruz Big E match was really good, so I'll go back and watch that. But there wasn't anything leading up to it. There's nothing. There's nothing compelling me to watch WWE programming these days, so I haven't been. <laughs> um yeah but on a on a much more positive side for me personally uh yes friday was my 50th birthday i am 50 friggin years old uh got a few calls uh i got a call at 1 a.m from uh from a friend of mine a dancer who uh Said happy birthday and then pulled up her shirt and flashed me her boobs, uh, <laughs> which was fun. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of messages from friends and family online. And uh, uh, my dad called. My dad called and goofed on me for getting older. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to let him have this. I'm not going to I'm not going to clap back on this one, you know, just. Hey, he's going to be 80 this year, this year, you know, he's 29 when he had me. If, if anything, this reflects badly on him as an aging thing, but nope, I shut my mouth. <laughs> I love my dad enough to, to, <laughs> to let him get in a, a few shots. Um, yeah, uh, the, my 101 things in a thousand one days. The new version of the project started on Friday as well. Uh, it would have been cool to be able to uh, check number one off the list, which was have a party for my 50th birthday. But that will come. It, just because it's not going to be on April 9th doesn't mean that we're not going to have the Kingdom James block party, <laughs> which we will. Um, I did check off 
Uh, Pavel Chekhov. Uh, boo, Star Trek pun. Uh, I did check uh, the first of five new t-shirt designs off the list for thing number 95. Uh, by the way, you can check out the entire list at 1001days.ca. One, the number, oop, hiccup, the number is 1001days. Dot, did I just misspell days? Holy moly. D-A-Y-S, Anthony. Wow. Maybe, maybe I've like really hit my senior years. Maybe I'm dumb now. Hmm. 1001-D-A-Y-S dot C-A. Did I think I was spelling James or something? What? Yeah. Why, why did I do that? Oh, I'm leaving that in. I am totally leaving that in. Anyways, the new t-shirt design, uh, is, uh, choose better heroes. It's, uh, it's a design that closely matches my previous design of, uh, outlive your enemies and uh, there'll probably be a third shirt in uh, in this uh this set at some point but you can find the shirts uh the new shirts on teespring it's um teespring.com slash stores slash my name is kingdom if you go to the show notes for this show and uh or my one of my the bio on my twitter or on my instagram you can click on the link tree which is l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash my name is kingdom and uh down on that list you'll find uh, a link to the teespring store so check out the link tree makes it easier uh yeah, I don't, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste too much time today uh, up front because we've got a good guest for you. We got a really good guest for you and a fun conversation. Uh, so you know what? Without further ado, let's hit the record scratch and uh, let's continue with today's episode. Hey kids, welcome to another edition of the Handsome Genius Club Radio Show. Uh, joining me today, uh, one half of a really fantastic tag team, Flight or. Fight or flight? I got it backwards. I typed it backwards. <laughs> and uh, the mastermind behind Backyard Pro Wrestling, which I really, really needed to talk to about, it is currently funding and filming its third installment. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Von Vertigo to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Hello, I am the illustrious Von Vertigo from Flight or Fight. Yeah, apparently. Got him. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> no, I ty- I ty- I bet you I I bet you I screwed up typing flight and it auto corrected to uh, Ah, yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would make sense. But I yeah, it's completely dyslexic on my screen here, which is that's yeah, well. great. Good way to start. I once yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate about how yeah, my career's gone. <laughs> pretty accurate about me though. I once mispronounced the bride's name while hosting a wedding, so No, you didn't. Did yeah, you really? yeah, I'm terrible. Oh, but I am available but I am available to host weddings once those happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows at this point? Oh god. Uh so uh Mr. Vertigo. Where did the idea for Backyard Pro come? Tell us about Backyard Pro and tell us where the idea came from. Let's not let's not assume everybody knows yet. Yeah, I mean, so 
Vancouver Pro as it is as it stands today is essentially. I mean, I think Forza described it best. It's more like a like an SNL comedy sketch show with wrestling um, <laughs> to a degree. Okay. Um, but originally, the the idea came from uh, myself and Forza did this uh, backyard match in my my parents' backyard where I legitimately used to backyard. Okay. Um, and we just made like a little two minute music video for Twitter because just because it was the start of the pandemic, we were bored and we didn't know what else to do. Uh, he created Jay Wheeler, hot, hot shit Jay Wheeler, uh, and I created the uh, the wild kid Geoff Hardy. Yeah, spelled spelled differently for copyright reasons, obviously. <laughs> um, and we did that. We put it out on Twitter, and it went pretty well. And then I kind of I kind of looked at Fuerza, and I was like, "Do you think we can do this as like a promotion?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, "I think so." <laughs> so uh, essentially, I, I took my first serve payment. I invested in a bunch of the production equipment that I I needed anyways for work. <laughs> um, and essentially, that. We started in like a group chat with maybe ten or twelve of us, mm-hmm. and uh, put a little teaser video out, and that was kind of how Backyard Pro was created, essentially. From there, it was a lot of um, creative process between the twelve of us, you know, just kind of shooting ideas back and forth in the uh, in the group chat, yeah. pitching ideas for characters for each other and, and whatnot, essentially. And you've done uh, you've done two installments, right? Which are uh, two one hour episodes each, so you're four hours in. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So the first season had two episodes, the second season had three episodes. Oh, it was three episodes. I yeah. don't remember I don't remember three episodes. Well clearly you missed an episode. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't miss an episode. I just I, I'm just having an old man moment. So I you're, mean they're they're you're the five season, hours they're, in. Five hours. They were more like forty five minute episodes, essentially. Uh, well, I mean, you know, with commercials. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> with Philip Winslow. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me back. Listen, Dick. Uh, listen, I have a lot of people <laughs> to get involved with this. You, I, I fully understand what it's like to be a promoter now. I had so many people contact me to be oh a part of this. Oh my god! Does it, it, including actual backyard wrestlers? Oof. Who didn't, oh didn't my understand. god! Please tell me. Please tell me about that. I, I mean, I don't. Tire. This was like when it first started. Like yeah. legitimately, I don't know. There were a few people from the states. I think there was a guy locally. Um. I feel like his name was Mark. I can't remember the rest of his name. Of course his name was Mark. Yeah, yeah, of course, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're like, hey, like, uh, if you're looking for anybody, I'd love to be part of it. And they, like, set, like, a clip to one of their backyard matches. And I'm like, uh, oh, oh, God. Like, this this literally reaffirms that we have done our job and yeah. made it look like we look like backyard wrestlers. And I remember there's an, that Ontario indie uh, board on Facebook or whatever that's usually ridiculous yes when i started posting stuff in there i remember there were older older wrestlers who were like veteran wrestlers and there were like fans who started commenting saying look at these backyard guys with the replica titles like look at them ruining the business <laughs> and well, i'm like wow we actually convinced them <laughs> well i mean i uh, listen i uh, jumping ahead in my questions Right. Uh, I, you know, I wanted to ask, did anyone turn you down? I didn't even think, is there anybody that you had to say, hey, you don't get the joke and turn Did you, okay, so let's, let's start with my, with what my question mm-hmm. was, with, did you turn anybody down? Yes. Or, excuse, I, I uh, turned... Sorry, I, I'm, uh, no, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting dyslexic again. Yeah, let's, let's, let's. 
tell or tell, you, tell us or do you mean anybody turned me down well let's let, let's let's talk about let's 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 continue with your premise which was people that you turned down so you had at least yeah. you, you were getting you were you were getting actual backyarders yeah actual backyarders i get um like a few indie guys from around the area but the problem at that time is that we were only allowed i think five people right per filming session or something like that. So right. obviously I knew a lot of people wanted to be involved because there was nothing else happening. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I also wanted to pay people. So that was where the kind of the GoFundMe came in part of it. Yeah. Um, and then we weren't going to film everything in one location, kind of like how Norway North did. We wanted it to be, uh, we, first of all, we wanted it to be safe, but we also wanted it to be different. So yeah. every location we filmed at a different backyard or cottage, essentially. <laughs> Just keeping it as far away from people as possible. Yeah, well, obviously we didn't want any issues with that, and then yeah. just keep the safety. The only person who was really in contact with everybody was me, but I wasn't necessarily in contact with them unless I was wrestling, right? Okay. And um, did anybody turn you down for this? Uh, I mean, I think there was probably one or two people who turned it down. Um, I'll say one of them was Aiden Prince, but he just didn't want to come down from Ottawa, which is fully understandable. Yeah. Um one or two others who just weren't comfortable, uh, you know, wrestling during the pandemic, which is totally, totally understandable. Uh-huh. Um, but I think once people started to like, see that, like I had Evo Uno on commentary, I had Josh on the show. I had Paige on the show. People started realizing like, Oh, it's not just like this shitty, um, like not, people thought it was a backyard company, but they started to realize like, Oh, this is more of an independent wrestling show that kind of makes fun of backyard wrestling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, Without without naming names, or if you'd like to name names, feel free to name names. <laughs> What's the worst thing anybody who's quote unquote in the business has said about it? Like, is are there um, are there any shitty comments that really stand out to you? Like, oh, okay, I know what that guy's problem is. Uh, I, I don't really know. There was there was a lot of this. We're talking like about a year ago now. Um, yeah. And I try to block that stuff out anyways. The only person who was really like super against it was uh, CWO Wrestling, um, which is fair enough. Uh, knowing the promoter, I understand. Oh, um, my but God, this, really? Like, yeah, but yeah. At, at the same time, like, I get it. It's We're during a pandemic, but we're literally doing it to the safest degree that we can. Yeah. Um, there's companies, you know, running today that, you know, are still doing tapings and whatnot. So, yeah. I don't know. I looked at it as we were trying to do our best to keep people entertained. And um, you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the Indiegogo, so let's mm-hmm. let's let's talk about that. Uh, you decided where along the lines did you decide that? It, you know, I guess you're saying that if we want to pay people and there's we're not we're not going to be doing anything as far as selling tickets, that crowdfunding becomes uh, the best most viable option, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you exactly where I got the idea from. Um, when Brett and I were in England, excuse me, uh, Will Ospreay, just before pandemic was shutting down, he ran a show that raised, I believe, I think it was 10,000 quid. Jesus. So that's like like $18,000-ish. Yeah. Canadian or so. Um, and that was for the independent wrestlers who were on that show. I think he ran like a seven-match card. Uh, and it was just to go to them as the pandemic was starting. Uh-huh. So... I took that idea and said, like, hey, how can I at least pay my friends for this? Because I'm not going to ask Psycho Mike 
to wrestle for free. I don't want to. I don't want anybody to wrestle for free. That's not fair. Yeah. Um, and obviously there was a lot of gas involved because we couldn't just film it in somebody's backyard in downtown Toronto. We had to do it in a safe location. Yeah. So people had to drive, and I had to drive to every location. So I ended up having to take like 12 trips or so. And then <laughs> there's a lot of production costs behind it um, that I had to do on my end. Like I do videography as a job, so this is taking away from my actual work. Right. You know. So I wanted to make sure everybody was covered, but. The majority, I'd say almost half, or no, yeah, about half of the the first costs ended up going to um, it ended up going to uh, GoFundMe for uh, Aaron Orion for his uh, son who had a cancer. Oh, so it ended up being donated the first round, anyways. Okay, that's I did not know that, and that is very sweet. Yeah, it's not it's not something we were necessarily super public about. I don't I don't think that you know every single donation has to be public, because then I feel like it's more of a yeah. Um, it feels like you're just trying to get, you know, a publicity stunt. Exactly. Yeah. So we did, we did it kind of under the table, which I, I, um, I, I have to interject with, uh, (laughs) with the memory that, uh, Stephanie McMahon a couple of years ago, (laughs) do you, do you know where I'm going with this? I I don't, I I just, this sounds amazing already. Stephanie McMahon (laughs) a couple of years ago, uh, in, uh, I believe it was one of the investors' calls. It could have been an interview. I'd have to look it up uh, to, right. to be sure. But made a point of highlighting the, the and I'm doing finger quotes, charity work that the WWE was doing and uh-huh. said point blank that uh, that these acts of benevolence were the new PR. So you're, really? you're, yeah, mm. you're, 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 you're saying, yeah. you're telling, you're telling people quite boldly, hey, we're just virtue signaling. We're just doing this to, you know, to suck the public's dick. <laughs> and I use that, I, I, I use the vulgar phrase because yeah. I want people to associate that with, with, with vulgar action. Cause it's, it, you yeah. know, there's no, there's no heart behind what they're doing. Uh, absolutely, absolutely a PR move. Great. Yeah. That's, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> That's unfortunate, but you know, there's so many companies that do that. So yeah. it's just, it is what it is. It bugs me, but, um, you know, I just didn't want to make it public that way. You know, no, that's fine. I, I, I respect that. Uh, yeah. so you're currently, uh, you're currently in, in the third round of, uh, crowdfunding and filming. We are. Uh, third round has been absolutely hell so far. Oh, <laughs> being quite honest. <laughs> tell tell me what's been hell about it. Well, we wanted to do a third season, uh, probably around October, November. Um, originally, we wanted to do a Halloween special, uh-huh. and then we realized that oh, we kind of did a Halloween special with the main event last time. So okay, let's hold off on that. Um, and then it's like oh, maybe we'll do a Christmas special. And then Albright did his Christmas special, so it's like <laughs> okay, like we're not gonna we're not gonna touch this. Let's just wait till next year. <laughs> He had his own thing, and it was great. Um, so then, like, January rolled around. We're all locked down. Then I started thinking, like, hey, like, as soon as we're out of lockdown, I can start working on this. Yeah. And then, you know, we come out of lockdown. It's still cold. I can't ask people to wrestle out in the snow. So then I had to wait a few more weeks. weeks and then, really, it was the past three weeks or so I just started filming. We only got done filming one match and a few vignettes, and then we're locked down again. So... Mm. Uh, essentially, it's going to have to wait till May to film the rest of it. But thankfully, there's been um, quite a bit of funding so far. You say you're halfway through filming this one? 
No, not even. Probably no? like fi- probably fifteen percent filming. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, it, it's also been a lot harder to schedule because now wrestlers are taking jobs on weekends and whatnot. And it's a lot like the first time around is a lot easier because all these wrestlers didn't have jobs. You know, like everyone yeah. was just kind of sitting around day to day. Now everyone's kind of had to adapt and make money, right? Yeah. So yeah. So we'll see. So the original goal of the project was just let's. Let's do something, right? Yeah, essentially, it was just like I, I, I know how good Psycho Mike is. I know how good my friends are. Um, let's just try to create something that's different here. That's essentially what it was. And yeah. I, I knew that if I ever started a promotion, which I always have wanted to start a promotion, mm-hmm. I didn't think it would happen until I was at least thirty. Um, apparently, I started one at twenty-four, which is ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> uh, I knew that I needed to be fully involved with the production, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So what is if the original goal was uh, let's just create something fun? Has that goal mm-hmm. changed? What is what do you see as the future of this beyond a third installment? I mean, originally I didn't see it as anything beyond um, the first installment, but mm-hmm. once I started seeing that we had, I think it was like 140 viewers watching the first episode uh, concurrently, like when it was live. Yeah. And it blew my mind. Like, I had not seen any of the promotions around here do that. <laughs> like, it was, it was pretty impressive to me. Then I realized it kind of had some legs from there. And then um, we kind of picked up a little bit of steam on our Twitter and started getting a lot of followers. Um, and then I started realizing, like, oh, maybe there is actually a market for this. So we did the second season, and that went well. Um, I think now it's just kind of, like, promoting Canadian talent. Uh, just kind of le- letting all these Canadian wrestlers who are around us kind of try something different rather yeah. than just wrestling, right? Just kind of try something with their character or just try something different. Like I feel like detective cookie dough out of, uh, Alexi Nicole is something that she can take actually to the Indies. Yeah. And there's I, a few more cases of that, you know, <laughs> I, I love detective cookie dough. It's just, yeah, <laughs> oh, fuck it. I, I had Alexa on the show a couple of weeks ago. And I just, the name alone is, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pay attention. To Detective Cookie Dough. She's an integral part of this next season, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I I solicited some questions from the audience, and I got a bunch of questions from uh, from Tim Malone, who is uh, my most notorious uh, Patreon subscriber. And one of the things he said, you just mentioned, uh, you know, showing off Canadian indie talent in in a different light. And Mm -hmm. uh, Tim has asked, uh, there's a lot of talk about Canadian indie workers being overlooked. And then in brackets, mm-hmm. he says, specifically by Kingdom. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> specifically by you. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Uh, <laughs> what worker do you look at in the big leagues and think, that should be me in that spot? <laughs> I mean, I really don't think that's a fair way to look at anything, really. Yeah. Um, I don't look at anybody in that way. That's just not, that's not right. There's so many circumstances that go into being signed, right? Like, yeah. it's a lot of time and place and scenario. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure how to answer that question. Like, I don't look at anybody and say, "Oh, that should be me." That's not how I think. Good, <laughs> because that's it's yeah. a terrible way to look at it. But <laughs> is there anybody? I, I let me let me rephrase it. Is there anybody uh, on TV these days that you look at and think, um, "That is a thing I know I could do." Like, that's a spot I know I could handle. Uh, I think so. I think there's several, um, whether it be 
kind of AEW mid carters or AEW tag teams that I feel like me and Forza could kind of fill that spot. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know we're kind of we're kind of hogtied where we are in Canada and to try and get, um, you know, eyes on us. But that's yeah. something that we're all kind of trying to figure out and work with. And when I originally went to the UK, that was uh, a thing I always had in the back of my mind. It was like, well, how did they make this work? How did they get so many eyes on them? Yeah. You know? Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the the, the, the mm. problem with the problem with Canada. And then we're going to, yeah. I definitely want to talk about uh, your trips to the UK and, and, and to Europe. Um, what do you think it is uh, more than just, you know, more than just saying the border? What yeah. do you think it is that is keeping uh, Canadian talent from uh, breaking through the way that it could or should? Uh, I think it's a combination of, well, obviously, other than the border, I think it's a combination of geography and exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's great things going on in Vancouver at ECCW, but we don't hear about it. We don't know about it because yeah. it's physically, you know, a two and a half day drive from us. Same thing with the Maritimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're lucky to have companies like C4 and Alpha One Wrestling that have a little bit of a American exposure. But I think for the average American viewer, there's so much American wrestling for them to watch. Why would they look this way? You know. Yeah. Same. Same with the and, and for watching UK wrestling, like there's that's just another country for them to explore. But um, I don't necessarily know exactly what it's going to take. But I know that there's a group of us, especially a lot of us in Backyard Pro, that want to figure out how to change it. I think a lot of it has to do with just creating a product that uh, is easily accessible online. Yeah. I feel like there's so many promotions here that don't even upload their footage. Like, like. It's a travesty. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I, I understand. Like, but I understand that you at least film, film your shows. Um, yeah. For for years, I worked at Barry Wrestling. There was no, no filming of any, of any of these shows. I've been to and Barry. There's been so many people who have come through. Yeah, I've been to Barry, and I've, uh, I've a couple of times I've seen that the their most sophisticated setup would be an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think he's finally. Uh, Sean Gibson from Barry has finally started to change that. I think that's going to be very different going forward. Yeah, you don't have um, to. You don't have to say his name. But <laughs> I don't. Know. Uh, well, Sean, Sean knows. Sean knows I have heat with him. Oh, all right, fair enough. He's a um, dick. <laughs> for the sake of my job, I will not say anything more. <laughs> he knows. He, no, Sean knows that I am mostly joking when I call him a dick. Okay, mostly. <laughs> I mean, he's a dick, but uh, he's he's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay for a dick. <laughs> Man, you re- you really sidetracked me here. I know. <laughs> I love I'm, him saying anymore. I'm good at that. But uh, no, no, no. Okay, back to the back to the subject at hand, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, Canadians and exposure. I've said many, many times over many, many years that I mean, the the one of the major problems with Canadian with the Canadian scene is the geography, in that. Yeah. 90% of the Canadian population lives within 100 miles of the American border. And when yep. you think about when you think about the map and the you know the geography of it, we are a uh, a long thin ribbon of population sitting uh, along that 49th parallel. Mm. And uh so I mean if you're in if you're in Vancouver, uh, you've got BC. You got a lot of BC uh, work, but you know maybe 
maybe, maybe Seattle or Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Seattle, maybe Oregon, maybe, maybe Calgary, maybe Edmonton. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're brave, you know, and if you're because in Calgary, like drive. <laughs> and if you're in Calgary and Edmonton, you've got Calgary and Edmonton and maybe Vancouver or maybe Montana or something, you know, yeah. and, and each of the major cities, uh, uh, coast to coast, you know, I mean, what's your what? What is your driving limit? How far can you drive? How many hours can you drive before you say, "God damn, I can't do this anymore"? I feel like probably eight or nine yeah. would be probably my limit. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, from I, to- I've been down to like I've been down to Jersey to wrestle before. I feel like that was kind of like yeah, that's, that's limit sort of that's, thing. That's, yeah, and and for me, you know, I from here, uh, I used to do Cincinnati. Uh, right. Yeah. And and that's that's a limit for me. You know, that's a that's a seven, seven and a half hour, uh, you know, eight if traffic mm-hmm. is bad in Detroit or something. But, you know, Friday night, you hit traffic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Detroit, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly, New York. Those are the places that you can get to once you navigate the border. If you're yeah. not, if you're not even bo- if, if if you're not crossing the border. Your options are Southern Ontario, Montreal. And then you've got yep. to, to get to the Maritimes, you know, you've got to commit an extra day. Yeah. Um, but I, then again, I feel like if you want the most exposure in Canada, your options are pretty much Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Yeah. Those are the companies. Like, at least they have a little bit of eyes from the States. Not much, but, you know. Right. So, I mean, which is one of the reasons that I love a thing like Backyard Pro, because you are, you are doing something different that will stand up, that will, you know, like the, the, you know, the head and shoulders will peek out above the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, being lucky enough to get, uh, fortunate enough to get guys like Ethan Page and Josh Alexander on board who have broken through and established their names. If those people draw eyes to that product and that product makes a handful of people more recognizable and they say, I want to see more. This fucking guy just wrestled 10 minutes with a small boulder. I want to exactly. see more of him. And or, you know, this this did that kid just drag a coffin out of a van? I, maybe I want to see more of him. So, um, yeah, be setting yourself apart is one of the ways that you're going to get eyes on on your product, and I think you did a great job of that. I, I think the thing with Backyard Pro is it's going to get better with age. You know, there are a lot of people that were who were very talented who agreed to make an ass of themselves for this. So I hope it, you know, I hope it just lives online forever. Yeah. And you know, five years from now, people look back and say, "What the hell, Cycle Mike and this Rock? What he's, you know, he's he's on AEW now. What the hell? Yeah. Like I, I just want that to happen out of it, you know. So God, which is why this yeah. goes back to my point: if you're a Canadian promoter, film every show because you don't know who's going to come through there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, don't don't book your main event as a. Um, as a star coming in versus another star coming in, I, I, we need to build the oh, scene God. here in Canada, that, and that really bugs me. And I, I know you know this game. <laughs> yes, I, I also uh, like. I understand. Uh, yeah, I understand I get it the, from a business point. I understand the reasons. Be well, no, no, no. See, I, I 
I don't I don't like the idea of booking star versus star. Why why are you waste that to me that's a waste of import talent. Yes. 100%. I always refer to it as import talent. That's a waste yep. of an import. And that's that's, that's being a, a a CFL fan as a kid imports and, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. Um I if I want if I'm bringing a guy in now no, not every time that you see a name come in uh, you know, fly in for a show for me is is he gonna put somebody over, right? No, no, because that it would be bad booking to make it that blatant, that for obvious, sure. that boring. But a lot of times, like I mean, I want that name uh, to to build one of my own guys. Like I mean, that's that's, exactly that's the it. purpose. That is the that's purpose. That's one hundred percent the purpose. Like we. As wrestlers, we need those import talent who have um, the experience of, you know, working for a company like WWE or AEW. Yeah. That have that television experience to help teach us. Because we there's only a handful of people that we have to wrestle in Canada yeah. that we get that experience from. You know, it's it's the same people it's always been. It's been Josh. It's been Ethan Page. It's been Uno. It's been Stu. You know, it's it's been those guys over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, now that they're starting to leave, we need to figure out what's going to be next. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I remember running. Oh God, how long ago is it now? It's like f- fucking fourteen <laughs> years ago when I was running in the uh, in the West End, and yeah. I think the first match on one of my shows was uh, was Generico against um, against uh, Shima Zion. And, God, gee, uh, and what's his name in NXT? Well, that's yeah, the thing. She, Shima, Shima becomes DJ yeah. Zima Ion, who becomes yes. DJ Z, and is now Joaquin Wild in NXT. Yes. And El Generico had already spent a bunch of time uh, with Ring of Honor. Yep. And, and now he's he's down in Mexico and Sami Zayn's in WWE, you know? Yeah. <laughs> his twin brother. Yeah. <laughs> But isn't, so, isn't that the story that he he's, he's, he's helping orphans in Mexico? That's what it is. I believe so. I believe yeah. so. I believe that's how there is also able to be uh, El Generico shirts still on sale somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want those guys to come in and and uh, and uplift. Like I got the opportunity uh, a few years ago to get like Davy Richards for. Mm. Uh, when Davy when Davy was still working and you know bookable, uh, yeah, he uh, he came in for a union show and put Brent Banks over clean for pocket change. Yep. How do you how do you turn down that opportunity and how do Absolutely. you not you know how do you not say okay and then you know here's Brent Banks by the way last episode last show. He he pinned one of the American Wolves, and now he's getting yeah. the title shot. You know, you know, I, I actually have a list on my phone of all the names that Brent has wrestled. Um, I, I've been keeping it as like a running tally. <laughs> when you read it, does it make you sad? Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, but I know, I know how talented he is, and I know that. Canada is not an easy place to come out of. Yeah, um, well. But, you know, there's still time. A little bit. I guess, but, I mean, yeah. 
Listen, I'm trying to be optimistic here, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say that watching Brent Banks make his way through the wrestling industry is like watching any wrestler in a ladder match. Did you forget how to climb a ladder? How many You're a lot more harsh than I am. Yeah, I but, am. I, mean, I, I get it, though. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've had personal conversations with him and said this stuff to his face. I, yeah. I know I've literally said to his face, like... Look, man, you're legitimately one of my favorite professional wrestlers. Like, you need to be just, just fucking move, please. Yeah. Get out of here. How you many need to leave? How many wrestlers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh, for him, forty-two. No, or so just, it only takes one, but it takes him a fucking. Yeah. It takes him an hour to get up the ladder. <laughs> ladder match. There it is. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's my that's my wrestling joke I wrote. Uh, like <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the UK and Europe. Uh, for sure. How many times have you gone over there now? Uh, I've been over five times since uh, 2017 now, so it's been about four years. Okay. And the first time you went, uh, how did that come about? And how did you uh, And how did you get there? Yeah, uh, it came about because I was at a Smash. It was Smash vs. Progress is exactly what it was. It, um, oh, okay. 20, this is more of like the, what motivated me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was Oshawa, Oshawa Smash Bros. Progress. I can't exactly remember what it was. I think Forrest and I did the pre-show. But I, I said, hey, Seb, what do I need to do to get on this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I feel like Forrest and I are decent. What, what is it going to take? And he said, look, man, build a name. I was like, okay. Uh, so I thought I'm not going to the, I'm not gonna go to the States because I'd already been doing that with um, UPW Rochester. And it just wasn't jiving well for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, what am I going to do? So I sat around for a bit, and then I realized I had a contact in England uh, from when I used to backyard on YouTube who ran a company called WrestleForce. Okay. Now, this is like a, similar to like a camp show in the UK. Yeah. Um, just like family-friendly stuff. So I reached out to him, and he said, yeah, absolutely, come over. I'm like, great. He got in contact with DOA Wrestling and uh, wanted a promotion firm for me, and then the rest was up to me to make it there. And I, I was 20 years old, I think, at the time, mm-hmm. or 19, or 21, I don't know, something like that. Um, and, uh, essentially I wanted to prove to myself, like, Hey, I, I know I can, I can travel by myself. Like I need to be able to, I need, if I'm going to continue to do this, I need to be sure that I can travel. And I literally, I had just got out of college. So I was considering just going full time into doing, uh, you know, news work. So I I was like, I'm going to just do this. And if I like it, I'll continue. If not, I'm just going to maybe give up on wrestling. Mm. So I went and then the first match I had was with Kip Sabian, who's now in AEW. Right. Um, and that completely turned around my confidence because, like, immediately during that match, I realized, like, hey, I can hang with these guys over here in the UK who are killing it. Um, and, you know, the rest of the tour was good. I wrestled Lewis Howley, who's now part of NXT UK. I wrestled Paul Robinson, who's part of Progress. Um, yeah, and all these guys. And then I also wanted to build my stock back home, right? So I was hoping when I came home that, uh, it would get a little bit of buzz for myself because nobody was really doing it other than Mike Bailey. Nobody was really going over to the UK. Yeah. Um, but that didn't necessarily work right away. But yeah, that turned into a second trip, and then uh, the third trip was when Brent actually joined me. And uh, so you, you, you flew yourself over the first time. Yes, yeah, I did. Okay. Now, I have heard... More than a few people say, uh, if you fly yourself somewhere, you're, you're you're just being a mark for yourself. Yep, yep. For what sure. is your response to that? Uh, I say I don't give a shit because personally, uh, you know, I'm 20 years old. I want to learn. 
Where yeah. am I going to get the best experience by traveling? Right. And that's just what it is. And I, unfortunately, um, that's the case for a lot of UK talent coming in. Yeah. There's not many, and flights are expensive. Look them up. They're not cheap. No. Um, but you know, you go long enough, you can, you can cover the flight. And thankfully in these past two, I've been able to at least get a little bit of the flight covered by promoters. Like it just, it takes time. Right. Yeah. It, 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 there's a, a wonderful, um, kind of a, a catch 22 of yeah. people saying, uh, you know, if you, if you fly yourself somewhere, you're a mark, but if you don't go anywhere, <laughs> You know, yeah, and here and here's the thing: you go to the you go to England, you're in England. You're close to so many of these companies that run in Italy and in Germany and Denmark. Like the the price of tickets to fly to Germany is like fifty bucks. Like these hey, promoters will fly you over easily, yeah, because there's only so many people you can wrestle in your country, let alone Ontario. Um, you know, now I've been able to have you know I think like fifty plus matches in the UK with all these guys that I've never you know, never thought I'd get a chance to wrestle and learn from. Yeah. You know? I, I always look at it as a learning experience rather than, you know, money. It's, uh, I mean, think about the, uh, the the Japanese promotions and the tradition of excursion. Yeah, you know, exactly. they They literally, hey, we're send, we're, you know, making arrangements and we're sending you somewhere. Well, it would be nice if Canada had that kind of uh, infrastructure for wrestling, that yeah. kind of system, or promote its own promotion that big. That's one of the... <clears throat> that's one of the drawbacks of the geography of Canada is that we are yep. sitting on top of the biggest entertainment producer in the world. You know, we're America's hat. So um, there are times where we get lumped in with the States. There are times where we get completely overlooked because of the States. Yeah. And um, the fact that Canada does not have, again couple that with couple the proximity to the United States with the geography uh, of of our population um, there is no national wrestling promotion in Canada no and, and because of geography I don't know how well that would work like just no no to travel running, running a show in Calgary and they're running a show in Winnipeg and running a show in Ontario I know CWE does it but they do it on uh, you know there's a bunch of shows in between yeah you know if you were to just run all the big cities it would be a very very expensive feat yeah <laughs> unless you use local talent that's really the only way you could yeah and I mean as far as uh, as far as television goes I had this conversation with Lenny Lilac on the show a couple of nights ago right where we were talking about there are there are no independent well there are ten like um by the book, there are 10 independent television stations in Canada. Okay? That's the is, entire nation. Is that nation. how low it is now? That, yep. That's the entire wow. nation. Uh, yes. At least one is uh, Christian programming. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of them is in in the Northwest Territories or the Yukon. One or, you know, it's, it's north of 60. I mean, there's no... When I was a kid... Um, one of the reasons that I got to see so much wrestling is because there were all these independent stations that, you know, had to fill their programming days. So City right. TV in Toronto was showing Gino Brito's international wrestling from Montreal and CKVR in Barrie was showing, uh, Al Tomko's all-star wrestling from Vancouver and, you know, so cool. there were there were independent stations, and then slowly they all 
joined yeah, into networks to yeah. uh, to share the cost of uh, the share the cost of production and of uh, buying American programming. You know, you can why if if your city TV sitting alone in Toronto, <clears throat> why not share the costs of news production or or syndication with uh, a, sh a station in Calgary and a station in Montreal and a station in Winnipeg and suddenly you become the city TV network of stations you know that's unfortunately just the way it is now like I, I, I worked at Global News for a bit and I know that like they produce tele they, they produce like the Montreal and the Halifax news right from Toronto they can control all the cameras from there like they don't need to yeah there's very few people who actually at the station in Halifax and Montreal. It's insane. That's just the way the way the world is now. It's just a much different place. Yeah, I've actually seen <clears throat> one of the uh, one of the studios. They had the you know the the, the street front you know the storefront studio yeah, yeah, yeah. on Bloor yeah. for a while there, and yeah. yeah, robotic cameras that could be controlled. Yep. And if you're dealing with the uh, the time zones. Yeah, one news one one production crew can do could do the news for four time zones. They're just working, mm -hmm. you know. You're working just what it is now. Yeah, yeah. So I I think we we just have to look towards the internet now. I think that's probably the best way to get exposure now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, and again, uh, that takes something to break through and 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 get yourself yeah. seen. You know, so um, exactly. But I. But hey, we were talking about the UK. Uh, you've also done you've also done Germany and uh, Italy. Yes. Uh, so between the UK, Germany, Italy, Canada, and the United States, are those the five countries so far? Yeah, those are the five countries. If you you know if you include England as its own country and Wales as its own country, then it's six. But yeah. nobody does that, so it's no. five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen. All, all I there was a there was a brief notion a couple of years ago during Brexit that Wales might leave uh, and and, and yeah. join Canada, and I oh was God. oh I was wet for that dude. That would have been great. Uh, that would have been amazing. That would have been, so <laughs> been amazing. One passport and here I am in Wales. I'm hey I'm I'm quarter Welsh. Why wouldn't I want to go? And, can we all just go over to attack wrestling in, in Wales and go work for them? That'd be amazing. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. You know what? I, I at some point I gotta start taking advantage of my uh, of my family lineage and start amassing some different passports, man. <laughs> okay, but but hold on. You, you used to go to the UK, like didn't you go for the one PW? Yeah, I was I was booking one PW. Yeah, you were booking it. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't had this conversation in person, but I. I People asked about you in England. I believe it was uh, oh, a piece on the way back. Brett and I were in the ring van with him. Yeah. And he started talking about 1PW, and then he mentioned, like, because uh, were you commentator at that time as well? Yeah. Joe, Dum Joe Dombrowski did play-by-play. -play. Oh, I did, Joe. Okay. I did color, and I was booking. Yeah. So he mentioned your name, and uh, Brett and I were like, oh, yeah, we know him. <laughs> and he was like, what? Like, what? You know this guy? Oh, wow. Yeah, it, we blew his mind. It was so funny. But, yeah. Um, that's how I didn't even know that you were over there. I, I had no idea. Yeah, two thousand that, that was like two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, because yeah. that was when like Sterling James Keenan was kind of over there as well. Was, was yeah, I, I I brought him over, and here's the I've told the story before. Here's the quick version of the story. Uh, mm -hmm. We had Abyss booked. We wanted to bring over Sinister Minister Jim Mitchell. Ah, of course. Uh, he wanted way too much money. 
<laughs> and I said, I have an option. A guy who can wrestle and talk. Uh, you, you will love this guy. Your crowd will go nuts for him. Inside of three years, he'll be your heavyweight champion. And it, it only took about a year for that to happen. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, he go. was, yeah, he was, for all intents and purposes, he, he's like a huge homegrown success for them. Yeah, the for kid, sure. The kid that I brought over from Pittsburgh. I've known him since he was Amazing. like, I've known him since he was 15 years old. But isn't that cool that like you literally made an impact on his on his life, like his career? Absolutely, like, you, you changed that. That's amazing. I, I'm I'm incredibly proud of that because For sure. uh, and and um and I was able to do it because uh, he was so goddamn good. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it wasn't uh it it it, it was a no brainer to say uh. This kid will make this promotion better. And because he's, as far as this crowd is concerned, he's coming out of nowhere. Um, he'll be theirs. You know, he will be, he'll be, he'll be theirs. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, to this day, there's a few things from one, some of us still get together and talk about it every once in a while. Mm. Dombrowski and, and and Rick Peters and Carino and um, there's a few things that I love from that time uh, booking uh, booking Abyss versus Spud. Ooh, uh, okay, yeah, and because um, Spud's been wrestling forever, so yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. He was he was he was very di- he his gimmick. He looked like a um, uh, like a, like a like a British flamboyant rock star. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've seen old photos of him. Big for spiked, sure. yeah, big yeah, spiked blonde yeah. hair and the jump sh- suit with the you know uh, with the big cross on it, and uh, and Abyss, he and Abyss, he got over so great with Abyss because Abyss would come out and beat the fuck out of him for sure, and then you know he the next show he'd stand back up, and when Abyss yep. would come to the yep. ring again, he'd put up his fist like, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna I'm not running I'm gonna fucking fight you, and uh, we did an impromptu um, uh, uh, heavyweight title match. It was like uh, the promo of Sterling of Corey Graves saying, "You know, get the fuck out of this ring. We're gonna murder you." And him saying, <laughs> <laughs> and him saying, uh, "You know, I'm challenge. I I want to challenge you." You know, or I think it was, uh, I think it was, you know, we're going to give you a match and be done with you. And Spud, right. and Spud said, is it for that? And he pointed at the title belt. They made it a championship match. It lasted three minutes tops. But there is a, there is a 2.9999 count in the middle of yeah. this match. That's all it needed. Yeah. And Amazing. the crowd lost its shit. Before Abyss hit the biggest black hole slam you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, was a spun like three times. Yeah, and, and it's, this is when like this is when the, the UK scene was pretty like not in a good place. So I imagine there was one PW is probably like one of like the three promotions, right? Like one of yeah, the top ones, I'd imagine. Yeah, and we were drawing like I mean a bad show that first yeah. a bad show that first year would have drawn sixteen hundred. Insane. And they man. weren't and they weren't uh, they weren't giving away tickets for nickels, man. It was no. there, there was some money. Spent so cool. on this promotion and buy this promotion. So, yeah, it was Amazing. fun. I'd love to go back. To, I really want to go back to England at some point. 
but uh, you really you really need to <laughs> that that window that window is hey, hey dude i mean tomorrow is 50 that window oh, i got to i got to i got to i got to lose weight again if i even want to have a few more matches so <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's why my Twitter says mostly retired professional wrestling. <laughs> mostly retired. <laughs> mostly retired. I'll never I'll never say I'm retired again. I've made that mistake. Yeah. I've made that mistake before and I don't want to go back at it. It might be a it's long wrestling, man. It might be a long time between bookings. But I swear to God, the oldest person I've ever wrestled, I wrestled Dominic Danucci when he was <laughs> he was seventy two years old. Jesus. Okay. That's amazing. This is and this is fifteen, yeah. sixteen years ago. This is the end of 2005, I I lo- and I lost to Dominic Danucci. <laughs> Amazing, and that's uh, crazy. Uh, I want to I want to beat that. <laughs> if 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 I make it to 72, I want to have I want to have one match. It'll probably end up being against Dominic Danucci. My God, could be Dom. <laughs> Dom is eternal. <laughs> oh my god. Uh let's see, what else what uh what else do I have to ask you about here? Okay, so we talked yeah. a, we talked a bit about Brent Banks. Let's uh right. let's talk about Gabriel Fuerza. Yeah. What's that fucking kid's problem? What do you mean what is his problem? <laughs> <laughs> What do you no, mean? Nothing. I just wanted to. I I want him to listen to this and go. What? <laughs> where did you uh, Where did you first meet Fuerza? Uh, Square Circle Training. Um, yeah. Geez, probably ten years ago now. Uh, I was, I think, fifteen. Yeah. He was probably seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. Um, I didn't like him because I was doing all the flippy what? stuff at training because I was like one hundred ninety-five pounds. Yeah. And then he came in and did everything better than I did. Um, so I was like, who's this, who's this motherfucker? Um, but, ev- but eventually he jokingly said, who wants to give me a ride home? I live in, he said, I live in Pickering. And I was like, oh, my, like my dad drives. We drive right through Pickering. Like, we can drop you. So I was like, oh, we can give you a ride. Oh. Like he, was, he was jokingly saying this. Um, and then ever since that, he ended up you know, riding with my dad and I for uh, whenever you, we both went. Oh. Um, and we just bounded in a friendship there because we quickly realized that we thought – Everybody in wrestling school like was a, a huge fan of wrestling and watched everything. Yeah, but it was that wasn't the case. It was really just me and him at the time. <laughs> I'm I'm constantly surprised by um, the lack of knowledge some of the people yeah. I'm talking to, and I understand. You know, there's a big age difference, so maybe you're not going to know all the names that I remember. But there yeah. are some they like I mean if you're if you're in your mid twenty and you're wrestling, you got no fucking excuse to not know who I'm talking about from ECW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I started watching wrestling quite late. I started in like late two thousand and six. Yeah. Um that was just because I never really really come across it. My my friend's aunt is Trish Stratus, but I never really knew anything about wrestling until I started re- renting wrestling video games. Friends but aunt, the moment, the friends, moment, your friend's aunt is hot. Yeah, yeah. Stunning, but this is this was also the problem in uh, <laughs> in elementary school. Everyone would say this to him. Yeah, and I felt so bad for him. 
<laughs> obviously, everybody knows Trish Stratus is hot, but like yeah. I didn't want to be that guy. Um, <laughs> I'll be that guy. Yeah, well, it is what it is. <laughs> terrible. I'm, ter- I'm, a t- I'm just a terrible person, that's all. But like, uh, once I started loving wrestling, I lived and breathed wrestling. I started watching everything, everything I could. I uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna interject with a story just to illustrate. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a terrible person. This goes <laughs> this goes back to Corey Graves. Okay. <laughs> so, like I said, when I met him, he was 15 years old and he was training in Pittsburgh. Right. And I had, I had just moved back to Pittsburgh. This is summer of '99. So, um, his younger brother is Sam Sam, Sam Adonis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, I yeah you know Sam. Um, yeah, yeah, I've listened to interviews and stuff. I know who he is. Yeah, okay. So, um, so Sam at this point is, you know, he's 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 a kid. He, he, he's a grade school kid. He can't be left home alone. <laughs> no. So he has a, you know, if if Matt is at training and his parents go out, he has a babysitter. Right. So, so on occasion, the babysitter would pick Matt up from training. Okay. All right. So, so I'm hearing, you know, as as I come back, as I come back to Pittsburgh, I'm I'm hearing the stories of uh of this hot babysitter that would come, that would come and pick him up sometimes, right? My god, of course. So one night, I'm it's Wednesday nights. I start going to the Wednesday nights for the regular, you know, the regular sparring sessions, workout sessions. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm in the ring one time and, uh, and this, uh, attractive female comes in through the back door of the gym and I, oh, hi, how are you? Can I help you? And it's like, yeah, I'm here to pick up Matt. <laughs> and you knew immediately. <laughs> Hold on. So I'm like, oh, the babysitter. So I go back to the, I go back to the front of the store, uh, the fr- front of this building. And everybody's gathered around, just hanging out. And I go, uh, "Hey, Sterling!" Or, well, he wasn't even Sterling at that point. I go, "Hey, yeah. Matt, the the hot babysitter is here to pick you up." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, okay." And he looks a little confused, and he he goes out, and then he turns around, and he comes back in. And he's like, "Dude, that's my mom." <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what a swerve. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> so every once in a while, just just to fucking just to put a stick in his spokes, just to freak him out or, or, or catch him up. Yeah. I just look at him and go, I just out of nowhere. It'd be dead silence and I just look at him and go, Dude, your mom's hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Didn't didn't his family like run a promotion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, okay, I uh, so. yeah, FNW for they were running right. for they're co-running for a while. Yeah. And cool. uh um yeah, anyways. So So yeah, I'm absolutely willing to be the guy that says, yeah, your your mom your mom's hot, dude. <laughs> I've done it before. Well, I'll do it. I'm a terrible person. I'm... I just I just saw I saw everybody do it to him and I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, <laughs> I respect your aunt. Like she was literally at like my grade 8 graduation. <laughs> Like, it was so weird. <laughs> like I'm literally, I'm literally like, I have a date to grade eight graduation, right? Like this is a big deal for me. Yeah. And Trish Stratus is there, and I'm like, oh god, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. So, like I, I was like, I need to go say hi to Trish. So I went, said hi to Trish, took a photo with her, and then went with my date. 
Yeah. And it's like, I needed to get that photo. Because you're a 13-year-old hormone monster, and you're you're literally thinking to yourself, how could I get with her? That's not true. (laughs) No? When you were 13, you never saw saw an older woman and thought, I mean, how could I... Could I hit on her? Could I? Could I hook this up? I, I I think I was too nervous. I don't think like I I, I think I barely said words. I like, you have to understand that like this was grade eight when I met Tommy Dreamer in grade nine. Uh, at one of the first shows I helped set up at Square Circle Wrestling, I literally couldn't like speak words to him. Wait, were you? Did you look at Tommy Dreamer and think, how can I hook this up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I have a, a very awkward photo where he he has me in a headlock. Yeah, and I look I look so like starstruck. It's insane. Fantastic. And then I took then I took a DDT from him like two years ago. So I I, I fixed that. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think maybe the uh, one of the last times I saw Tommy Dreamer might have been the day I had that uh, uh, the um, the Danucci match. Really? Yeah, okay. and I I came back to the dressing room. At one point, I had Danucci in the corner, and I was laying the boots to him. Right. Right. And all I could think was, "Don't be the guy who kills Dominic Danucci in the ring." Yeah, really. And I came <laughs> back, and every it was it was it was sold out at the curtain. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, everybody's like, "Hey, that was fun," you know, blah blah blah, and, and the crowd starts to disperse. Go back to the dressing room, and I look at Tommy. I go, "How was it, Tommy?" And he goes. Yeah, uh, when you were kicking him, it looked like a guy in bare feet trying to stomp on a snake. <laughs> Could you? Could you uh, all right, Tommy. I don't. I don't want to kick fucking Dominic Danucci. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm not trying to shoot kick Dom Danucci. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Why do we not talk more often, King? This is this is the best. <laughs> Listen, dude, my phone, my fucking phone is on. My phone is rarely ever turned off. It's you, I know it's on me for sure. You can text, you can call whenever the fuck you want, brother. <laughs> uh, hey, where where do you stay when you go to England? Fuck, uh, wherever I can, really. Yeah. Um, like when Brett and I did the six weeks. We had, I think, five five day or six days at a, a friend of ours named Bo's. And then after that, we're like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. So it, it was between Airbnbs and Chuck Mambo's couch. And I don't know. I think we stayed in like, we were there for 42 days. And I think we stayed in 20 different locations. <laughs> What's yeah. uh, How's Brent as a roommate? Um, honestly, he's great because like, I'm like, hey, Brent, do you want the bed? He's like, no, I'll sleep on the floor. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. I guess we'll sleep on the bed, like so, or like so, the couch or whatever. He's so mild. he's great. Like I, I mean, obviously, like being with anybody for six weeks, you get on each other's nerves. But yeah. for me, I'm like I think of myself when I was a 14 year old, and I was like looking up at Brent, being like, I want to be like Brent Banks when I'm older. So uh, it's always cool for me. And not, and and I mean to keep him happy, all you have to do is keep giving him cereal. Yeah, dude, he does love cereal. <laughs> when I got I got super sick when I was over, and I realized. Um, how like kind of a germaphobe he is, yeah, and how he'll like always eat oranges. Like yeah. he ate like so many oranges a day to not get sick when I was sick. It was incredible. I think I think there might be pirates in uh in Brent's history, and he he's very afraid of scurvy. <laughs> he's very. I think he might have said something about this. <laughs> he's very afraid of 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 fifteenth century pirate diseases. <laughs> yeah. 
man. I don't know. It, it's fun. It's fun getting to go to the gym with him. It's fun just being being able to like go to museums and just hang out with him. Like, yeah. And just ask him about like, what was it like when you wrestled? I don't know. Fucking El Generico, Cedric Alexander, all these people he's wrestled. You know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, no, he he he. I, I give him. I I probably give him more of a hard time than he deserves because I yeah. because of because of how much I love him. But uh, yeah, I love Brent. I also. But hey, I, look, you, you got him an Instagram, so that's something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever told that story. I um, we were. I was bothering Brent for so long to uh to start an Instagram account just to connect with people, connect with fans. It's like you don't even have to write anything, Brent. You just post photos for fuck's sake. And he wouldn't yeah. do it. And we tried to take his phone from him a couple of times. Uh, that eventually I just. I started an Instagram account for Brent Money Banks, <laughs> and I uh, I I friended about 150 people. Yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then somebody ratted me out. <laughs> some some motherfucker ratted me out, and he called me. What is this? What is this, James? And I. <laughs> And I was like, ah, I was gonna give. This, I was gonna. It was like a Thursday. I was like, I was gonna give this to yeah. you on Sunday at Smash, but here. And I gave him the account and the login information. And I said to him, "Go change the password so that yeah. it's yours and start using it." Uh, yeah, he does. He does. I mean, I, I think I think you gave that to him right before he went on the fir first trip to the UK. Yeah, I remember. I remember he kept saying, like, oh, I'll have to post something on Instagram later. But he, the thing is, Brent's always on his phone. So, like, I don't know why you can't do it. But, you know, <laughs> Brent's Brent. <laughs> I say that, and I haven't posted on Instagram in, like, six months. So, oh, you fucker. I, yeah. my, I, I have more than one Instagram because I've, like, compartmentalized some of the things. That ah, I, right. Right? Like, I have, I have an Instagram now that's just for my co the comic strips I draw. Right, yeah. And I have, you know, there's one for the wrestlers' union. Mm-hmm. And there's my own, and uh, my own Instagram has become. Uh, I don't use it as much, and when I do, it's uh, it is literally fifty one percent pictures of my cat. <laughs> I, I mean, I counted. I counted the other day. I counted from the uh, from the day I got her, and just right. over just over half of my Instagram posts have been of the cat. <laughs> that's amazing if that doesn't tell you like what life's been like for the past year and a half oh my god yeah uh anyways all right let's uh, let me get to uh let me get to a few of these questions from uh from tim malone uh okay. before we uh let's see uh if i'm now i haven't read these all the way through so and tim tim is a jackpot artist man tim will tim will <laughs> fucking put it on you he will yeah yeah, he gets his elbows up and checks you right into the boards. <laughs> so, right. so we'll see how these go. Uh, if your career were to end tomorrow, would you be satisfied with what you've accomplished? Uh, mm. uh, I mean, I'd be happy because I, you know, I've already been at this for Jesus, uh, I was fourteen. Yeah. Um, all I really wanted to do was kind of wrestle like the journeyman did, like. Dan O'Brien and AJ Styles, so going to Europe was a really big deal for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd be happy in that sense, but obviously there's so much more I want to do. Yeah. What is the one piece of footage you wish you could force the world to see from your career? Uh, 
Probably, uh, <laughs> probably two cold Scorpio flipping onto me. Okay, where was that from? <laughs> it was from C4 Wrestling. It was. It was actually me, uh, Forza versus Brent, and uh, two cold. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, I do. It's, I it's, do it's, know about this match, but it's it's a fine match. It's just I don't know. I just think that's a really funny moment. Like he gives me the flip leg drop, and like yeah. his heel goes into my eye, and I'm like holding my oh. eye when I sit up. It's amazing. Well, I know that pain. Uh, Saber yeah. kicked me the toe of his boot in my eyeball oh, one time. Good God! Uh, I was getting into the ring and he was getting out of the ring, and he just I, so I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm bent over and he's kicking his leg up and he gets me right in the eyeball and I had to cut promo holding my eye. I, like I, there was no there was there was no way to staunch the pain uh, to finish this promo if I didn't just hold my eyeball in. Uh, let's see. Uh, crowdfunding for Backyard Pro is still active. Will you? This is from Tim. Will yeah. you take me up on an offer of fifty bucks if Kingdom throws Space Monkey off a roof? Well, here's the thing: <laughs> Space Monkey, Space Monkey, and Kingdom don't exist in Backyard Pro. I know. I know. They're completely different characters. So I know. But as much as I'll as tell you what, had... Philip Winslow. Would love to throw whatever incarnation of that guy makes made his way to Backyard Pro. I mean, it's 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 possible. I, I mean, I've had so many people contact me about trying to get on the show, but I have to. People need to understand that it's not. I'm not picking guys just because I want them to be on the show. It has to make sense to the like yeah the characters and the storylines, yeah. right? Well. I'll tell you what, if uh, if you if you speak to Monkey and he's willing to take the bump, I'm willing to throw him. I mean Monkey held me up for more money than la- more money last time, so we'll see. <laughs> he did? What? <laughs> yeah. No, it was completely justified. He had to drive twice too, because he had to uh Oh. Oh no, I I can't I can't say what the other thing he was he did because that would reveal who he is. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> did, did he I just did he Jake Roberts do you? Fuck. Ah, it's fine. Be <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, uh, with so much pro wrestling still available, what reason can you give people to part with their hard-earned money so you can produce Backyard Pro when dozens of hours of wrestling are released for free every week? Get in the elbows. I mean, get in the elbows. There's tons of yeah, sure. There's tons of hours of wrestling available for free. Yeah. But those are done by companies with fans who have tickets, who are able to pay the talent. And there's TV contracts and advertisements involved. We don't have any of that. Yeah. We every, everything is literally made by myself and my girlfriend. My girlfriend does all the graphics. I do all the video work for it. Um. So we literally have to do, do it from scratch. And then there's a lot of travel involved with getting to these many different locations. So, um. Just getting everything funded is a you know it's kind of a heartache. Yeah, it's it, there's um. And the thing is, I'm not. I'm, I don't. People don't need to donate to this. It's it's only if they want to. Like I said, yeah. it's going to end up on for free for YouTube anyways. Yeah, the the notion that you aren't paying for WWE or AEW mm-hmm. is is uh kind of false. It's smoke yeah, and mirrors. It is. You are. I mean. Uh, television ratings contribute to the contract that they're able to get from NBC or from yep. from Warner. Uh, and uh, the moment you buy uh, 
merch. The moment you buy that uh, bloody Britt Baker t-shirt, <laughs> which I'm not saying anything. I'm not describing. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I'm talking about an actual t-shirt where her face was bloodied. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to, just in case, just in case anybody's listening from England and they think I'm cursing out Britt Baker. Uh, but you know, when you buy the Britt Baker t-shirt or you buy the new Sting t-shirt or you, you buy action figures or whatever, you, you are contributing to those companies' bottom lines. You are paying for, for that, uh, that product. So, uh, I, I like the, I like the direct, uh, you know, it's basically, you know, the, 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 the digital handshake of crowdfunding. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this I'm going to I'm slipping this into your right into your bank account. So yeah. and especially with this time around, uh, after speaking with Albright with what he did with Indiegogo, we're actually going to be um, we're going to have like gifts available for people who donate over $50 this time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we're working on that as well. I'm, I'm proud to say I helped him with that. Yes. <laughs> came to me. He did a great job at it. Yeah, he really did. He he really did, and and I I'll tell you I've got at least two shows that I plan to uh, I plan to crowdfund for the union once those that shit is uh, possible okay. again. I uh, cool. I really want to do a, a women's show, mm, and yeah. uh, and we we still have to have the uh, the Battle of Ontario tournament the boot. Oh, the boot! Yes, that's right. I told you, yeah, you know about the boot. Yeah, I, I was there for the the December show. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I love that trophy. That trophy. Can you, can you do me a favor and uh, could you release uh, the Fatal Four Way with me, Addy, Forza, and Saber? Though? Yeah, I uh, no, I put <laughs> I it on. Uh, I, I I put it on Twitter. I or not Twitter, Twitch. I put it on Twitch oh, a yes, few you weeks ago. But right. yeah, I do. I do absolutely intend to uh, release uh, release those to the to the union uh, um, YouTube page. It's it's just it's laid fallow because. You know, at one point I was thinking that I'm going to start building. It, last December, I, I thought I'm going to start building because you know mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna run these gonna run this show in April, and yeah, you know, and last week, uh, you know, just a few days ago, I had to exchange emails with uh, with the venue saying, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> don't know when it's going to be, but uh, but you know, uh, we're going to be able to reschedule, right? And he's like, yeah, it's not a problem to reschedule when. Yeah. Hopefully that uh, hopefully that venue survives longer. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Is there anything else here? Um, if, you, if you need a backyard, I'm sure I can find one for you, though. <laughs> uh, I'd love to. You know what? I I would love to have uh, like a property, like um, oh. uh, uh, what is it? CZW Deathmatch. Fucking oh yeah, nonsense! That's the dream. I would love that. That would be amazing, dude. Oh, amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, one last one here. Uh, how do you see platforms like IWTV impacting the future of indie wrestling? How will talent stand out and make substantial income when seemingly everyone is on an equal footing? That's a good question, Tim. Hmm. How yeah, do you how do you stand one. out? How do you stand out? Uh, how do you stand out as a as an individual wrestler? How do you stand out as a promotion? I, I think that's what everybody's trying to you know figure out right now. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, social media is such a big thing, so I think just having a social media presence, step one, is the first step, and then trying to do something different from everybody else, I guess, is the second step. I mean, 
Um, Backyard Pro is great at that because it's something that nobody's really doing, with the exception of Talking Shopamania, which is a much bigger budget. Than oh we my had. god! <laughs> Speaking of yarders, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. IWTV is great, but the problem is that there's just so, so many companies that are attached to it now that it just feels kind of watered down. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's, you know, more different streaming services open up or what. I think YouTube is a very valuable platform for wrestling, but it, it seems like a lot of companies kind of forget that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there, there there was a point there a few years ago, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, the the demise of what culture slash defiant and part oh, of yeah. it, and part That's of that right. was, you know, the, the, the demonetization of wrestling yeah. at one point, which was, you know, hey, Vince's lawyers, Vince, Vince <laughs> WWE's got a partnership with YouTube. Why is why is YouTube giving money to even the smallest of our competitors? Demonetize Man, wrestling, about that. yay! Yeah, and and uh, what culture was? Uh, YouTube was the lifeblood of that yeah. promotion, yep. and uh, when you're getting hundreds of thousands of clicks, you're gonna start making money off of YouTube, and suddenly they weren't, and uh, you know all their plans up in smoke. So, Man, that's such a shame. They little they were literally killed by WWE. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you, as much as I would like to, uh, put my stock in like one, uh, one website, one stream, concentrate on that. I think, I think you have to be diverse in your approach. You know, you Mm -hmm. need, you need, you need to use your Twitter to attract people to your Twitch. You need to use your Twitch to attract people to your Patreon. You need yeah. to use your Patreon to tell people about all the other things you're doing, you know. Um, and I mean, there comes a there comes a limit to it. Some platforms you're just gonna have to say no to. I tried TikTok. I put one video on it. I said, fuck, <laughs> I said, fuck this. Yeah, I don't. I don't have TikTok either. You I know, can't do it. TikTok, Snapchat, fuck off, whatever. Yeah, I, I've been like increasingly I'd rather get a MySpace again. Like, I would love MySpace again. You want to be my top eight? I would absolutely. Hey, dude, MySpace is too uh, is too forward thinking for me. I want to go back to Live Journal. Yeah, that's that's definitely before my age. That is before your time, man. MySpace was like the first social media I had, and I was like, I don't know, like ten or I don't okay, know, like eleven, something like that. Well, I was right at the end of it, anyways. Live Journal was awesome, and even on Live Journal, there were still hot young chicks willing to put up naked pictures of themselves. <laughs> hey, nurse! All right, so uh, ugh, nonsense, nonsense from twenty years ago. Uh, all right, uh, I've taken up enough of your time, my friend. When uh, so, so you don't think there's going to be any more filming for uh, for the foreseeable, eh? I, I can tell you right now, as of this filming, I was spo- or this when we're recording this, I yeah. was supposed to film three things this week, along with like three other things I was supposed to be doing for work, and it's all been rescheduled. Yeah, well, you can thank Doug Ford. Uh, listeners, uh, listeners yeah. of this podcast have heard me rail on about Doug Ford enough, and and we're now <coughs> we're officially. I, d- dude, the cat and I woke up today to uh, an alert on my uh, cell phone yeah, telling me that we're in here. we're we're in lockdown. We're it's, it's stay at home orders. Which I mean has nothing to do with the fact that I need to go to the pharmacy, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're locked down yeah. for another four weeks here in Ontario because 
of how badly they've bungled the previous lockdowns. So, uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful to be where I am. Thankfully, I live about an hour out of out of Toronto. There's maybe sixteen thousand people in my town, so yeah. I can easily get outside and like walk down by the river and stuff. So, thankfully, that's not been a problem. But I really feel bad for everybody who lives in the city. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. it it's it's been a long year. <laughs> it's been a long year, and I am, you know, like I say, I'm, uh, you know, this po, I'm I'm spending my second consecutive birthday uh Ugh. in my apartment so oh my you know i had uh i i had booked the transact 16 months in advance for friday for 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 my birthday to, uh yeah uh, there was gonna be live entertainment and a game show and all kinds of shit man and nah. No, Are you going to spend it on Twitch then, at least? I, yeah, I am going to spend it on Twitch. I, think, okay. I think the plan now is to... Like, I mean, you'll probably get a message with this. I'm, uh, I'm going to send out an uh, open invitation to a bunch of people uh, to join me on Zoom uh, cool. for okay. whenever and however they'd like. The screen might get pretty crowded if I'm lucky. <laughs> um and then I'm I'm putting together a uh, a playlist on YouTube of just some nonsense to uh, occasionally throw into the mix. Uh, I I <laughs> part of the playlist is I don't know if you ever saw on Saturday Night Live they were doing parodies for a couple of years they were doing parodies of the uh, Gathering of the Juggalos infomercials. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was the uh, the Kickspit Underground Music Festival. Yeah. <laughs> and I've added all of the Kickspit segments to this playlist because I Amazing. fucking love the Kickspit Underground segments and a special acoustic set by Mrs. Potato Dick. You know. Just <laughs> well, hold, hold on. We, can we do your birthday stream tomorrow, and then in May, can we do the roast of Brent Banks? Fuck yes. <laughs> just a thought nobody's ever, i know i know his birthday's in may but i can't remember what day nobody's ever sprung an idea on me that made more sense instantly yeah. than the roast of brent banks it's just gonna be it's not even gonna be jokes it's gonna be two hours of people just yelling fuck you do something and <laughs> jade chung hitting him with a baseball bat yeah. Oh yeah, definitely gotta get Jade on there. Oh yeah, I'm I'm down for the roast of Brent Banks. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Brent, if you're listening to this, I never doubt that I love you. I love you, Brent. I miss you so much. <laughs> text me back, would you? <laughs> yeah, text a motherfucker. Jesus, Brent. Anyways, all right, let's wrap it up. Tell people where they can find you and where they can find Backyard Pro. Do as much shilling as you need to do. All right. Uh, you can find Von Vertigo on Twitter at NotEnoughVon, uh, Instagram at Von Vertigo. Uh, don't find me on Facebook. That's creepy. Uh, YouTube, Von <laughs> Vertigo. Uh, Backyard Pro, you can find on Twitter at Pro Backyard, on Instagram at Pro Backyard Pro Canada. Um, and both of those you can find on Pro Wrestling Tees at their respective names. Very good. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, so a delay, a delay now in Season 3 of Backyard Pro, yeah. but... I'm sure it'll be worth every moment of the wait once it's available. I hope so. I have everything mapped out and ready to go. It just depends on getting people in the right spot at the right time with me and a, ca- with a camera in my hands. So we'll see. Excellent. 
Yeah. All right, Vaughn Vertigo, thank you very much for joining us today on the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. All right, kids, that is going to wrap it up for another episode of the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Uh, of course, you can find me, your Uncle Kingdom, on all your social media at my name is Kingdom. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Patreon.com. All of those at uh, My Name is Kingdom. And, of course, the Teespring store. Teespring slash stores slash My Name is Kingdom. Uh, Teespring.com slash stores slash My Name is Kingdom. And the new shirt is available now. Choose better heroes. Go pick yourself up a T-shirt. Stop dressing like a bum. You're making your mother sad. <laughs> like my mom always used to say, why are you going out dressed like a bum? People are going to think I don't dress you. Uh, <laughs> as I gallivant. That's the other thing she used to say, gallivant around. Uh, anyways, all right. Um, uh, yeah, so that's it. I'm going to go now. By the time you hear this, I'll be 50 years old. Fuck. <sighs> I hate you, linear time. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime and in between time guys gals non-binary pals please take care of one another find some good trouble to get into your uncle kingdom loves you bye